are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and today I'm with... Colin McKay. You're back. I'm back. After a wee week of, of absence, I'm back. That's nice. But we're now minus, minus Barry. We're minus, but there's no tiny Barry this week because he's sleeping. We are sure you're not the same person as Barry. You haven't like I'm taken over Barry's life or anything? I think Barry's got more hair than me. I, think so. I mean, Barry is pretty follically challenged as well, but he has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I noticed the first time two weeks ago. Um, just while Barry's not here, we'll talk about Barry a wee bit. Yeah, he does listen to us, so uh, yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah, he generally does, yeah. Um, well, for, for, to protect the innocent when Stephen's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. I, know, I noticed that, that Barry actually has hair. I think, no, I think he's, he's not like myself, who's going bald because of genetics. He has a choice. Yeah, a conscious but choice. Had around the side, like, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I, I think I, I, when you get him, you might, you might not have like purely, sh- like properly I, shaved. I it. thought he was like Duncan Goodyear. You thought he was actually bald, bald. I, I thought, yeah, well, like you know, medically, baldly challenged. <laughs> um, and I seen him with hair, and I was like, oh, well, Barry's, Barry's got hair. He did tell me a story once about every, every now and again, him and his lady are having moments, and she'll look down. And it looks like she's like the girl from Tem- uh, from Total Recall. Because right. yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> which one is mine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's living the dream, three boobed lady. Um, so now we've named this and Barry. Yeah, um, and he's good lady. And, and his good lady, yeah. <laughs> Sorted sex tales. Uh, so where are we today, Colin, again? We are in our, our usual haunt. We're in the Raven. But um, a different table. In Glasgow. It's okay, we're tucked in a wee It's just me and you, it's just really intimate. We've got a nice nice light and then <laughs> Richard even bought me a drink. I did buy you a drink, yeah. <laughs> and it is boiling outside in Glasgow right now, so it's actually nice to be inside. It is, um, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely... For a man of my size, there. it's not good. I do struggle in this heat. I, see, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm in my jumper. Just yeah, because so you're, you know, this is what you look like, you're tiny and little wee and the heat can't get to you. <laughs> I'm like a dinosaur walking up out there just now, I'm just lumbering good. around. So, yeah, we're in, we're in the Raven, and uh, Richard, what are you drinking? Then, I right? am drinking First World Problems, which I was drinking last week as well. Who um, that? It's from Stuart Brewing. Stuart Brewing. Which I think is in Edinburgh, but I'm not 100% sure, but it is magnificent. So that's hashtag Stuart Brewing. Sure, um, yeah, or definitely. I would, you, do, you, do like, you do drink that a lot. I drink quite a lot. It's a, a beauty yeah. for you. Um, this week I'm on I'm on uh, the the branded Coca Cola because you're on a I'm, I'm just a dry a, just, just a wee um, just a wee break you know for a for the hard stuff um. we do drink a fair of, we, we, this is, if I think this podcast we just drink a lot more than we used to yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, and there is usually you know it, it get because I think at some point that someone looks at you you can't call it three beers to move if you don't all drink three beers yes. But you know, I think we obviously have at least three beers collectively. Yes, so between the two of us, yes. Three beers in a movie so tonight I'm taking up this, the slack with it. Yeah, and Andy yeah. might join us and he'll yeah. take up a beer as well. So, yeah, so we're okay. three beers consumed, so whoever yeah. said that, go fuck yourself. Exactly, yes. Well, bring up shit like that, you bastard. But yeah, so we'll go on to this week's movies and cinema and home viewings as well. So, Colin, what can I say to you last week? What have you watched in the, at home the last at wee while? Home viewing, um, I was interested in my. my a significant other Lorraine um, introduced me to a film that, that she thought I would really really enjoy and it's one that I kind of never caught up with um, a movie called Mean Girls Did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm maybe the last person you possibly could be the last person to, to watch to Mean Girls yeah absolutely yeah um, so I, I was introduced to Mean Girls and I absolutely loved every minute because it's such it. a well written film it is wow the, the characters are so well fleshed out um, the script is really really snappy yeah um, I mean it's Tina Fey writing so Tina Fey knows how yeah, to write um, and also you, everybody in it is you can see why they all want to pretty much bigger things bigger yeah um, what an amazing ama- I, mean, I mean it's almost like you know the, the, the bastardized love child of John Hughes it is it's like John Hughes cross the Clueless yeah it's Amy Heckering who directs it isn't it if I remember rightly I right believe so who directed yeah. Clueless so you can yeah, see it's all yeah, in that world so you can yeah, see the rest so, so just so snappy the full time and you know Genial, every yeah. second lines a gag and uh-huh. it, it just lands so so well. Everything is so solid about it. I'm, just, I'm much the same. I, it's one of the few sort of quote unquote chick flicks that I genuinely really enjoy that. Yeah. And um, like Clueless, I think is a fantastically written film, but people don't really people of our people like us don't appreciate it enough as they should. Like I know yeah. I've, like every girl of a certain age loves that film. Same with Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Yeah. yeah. Again, to that Mean Girls and. Um, I say they're clueless. Mm-hmm. Those three films that people like 
males don't appreciate the film, but they're actually they're fantastic, really well written, well done, clever yeah. films, yeah, yeah, and they are absolutely fantastic. But I think I think you nailed it when you said chick flicks, and it's like I think that's the problem is because I've got that that label, they yeah. tend to the, the kind of male audience maybe yeah. avoid them, and it's just like, wow, don't you shouldn't because watch these films. Yeah. I mean, it's good you got it 15 years after it came out. Well done, sir. But yeah, yeah. I, I got it. But do you know what? <laughs> wow, I, I mean, it holds up. I can only imagine it being just as funny, or if not funnier now than it was then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, that's I've been watching it for a long time, like since not long after it came out. Actually, I think. Um, and it holds up every year I watch it, and there's never any point where I watch it and go, this feels old, this feels... Because even though it is it's set in its, its time and its world, it still holds up as a really funny film. It, it actually does feel like being a teenager type thing, you know, because it does yeah. hit that point, you know, there is yeah. a whole clique thing, you don't really know who you are, and you're always trying to belong to something, but never really belong to anything, and it does, it gets all that point, and I really enjoy Absolutely it. Absolutely brilliant, and it, like I say, the characters are all so well written and so defined, and they yeah. just grow and breathe, and by the end, they're all so fully fleshed. What, if you haven't seen it, watch it, don't be like me. Don't look uh, you, no. Well, you are already. Yeah, I agree, if you've not seen it, you by now, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But no, go out, you know, go out your way to watch it, it's amazing. Um, are, you looking, are you going to watch the sequel? I don't think so, because no, I already beat that and I think the ratings were... It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really boss, yeah, it's, it's not a good film at all. Yeah, it sounds yeah. terrible. Don't watch it. Just do a cash down and jump on the van back. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think it, it might even be like, a, I think it might be a, a stage show now, like in the theatre. I think I'm no. sure Tina Fey was involved in doing something, with, like, either has done it or it's going to be done as a, as a musical or you something. You could see a yeah. musical number with a bitching and cattiness and stuff Especially like after like something like Legally Blonde had it big on, the, on yeah. West End and Broadway, stuff yeah. like that, so you can imagine Mean Girls could also go up. Open, here we go. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I watched, um, uh, and I've kind of been meaning to watch this for a few months now, was a film called Triangle. Who's in Triangle? Is it a horror film? George. I've not. I've, I've yes. seen it on my net. I've seen it on my list a few times. I don't actually remember right. what it is. Um, I would highly recommend it. Okay. okay not, I don't want to go to spoilers because I, I, I didn't know anything about it um, other than I wanted to see it. What's the plot of the film? I, I thought initially it was a Bermuda Triangle film. Okay. It, it, it's not. Right. Um, it, it's a kind of time travel thriller horror. All oh, right. Nice. Um, yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. I'd be slightly that. more intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think with a name like Triangle, you will automatically dismiss it entirely as a Bermuda Triangle type film, yeah, where it's yeah. like that's all it is and that's it. Um, Triangle's the name of the plot. Yeah. Essentially, that, that this girl um, has, has got. Um, I, I don't know if kind of, I think it's an autistic child, perhaps. Okay. Um, you know, and she kind of dotes the child and stuff like that. Um, one of her kind of well to do friends, she works as a waitress, and one of her well to do friends invites her on a, a kind of excursion on his, his boat. She turns up at the boat um, with Liam Hemsworth, um, Melissa George, and four or five other Who's Melissa George? I don't know where Melissa from. George was in 30 Days of Night. Right, okay, she's yeah. She's the main girl. I know you are now, yes, um, okay. And she's done about 15 years in Home and Away as well. Yep, yeah, I know you are now, yes. Uh, she, she also reminds me of Rachel McAdams. She's got, like, kind of in the same way Isla Fisher is, she passed Amy Adams. I think Melissa George can act. Melissa George is George, the. Yeah. Hey, but if, if you can't get Rachel yeah, McAdams, you get Melissa George, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they go on an excursion on this boat, um, a big storm comes, um, overturns the boat and they're, they're left drifting and out of nowhere this kind of 1930s cruise ship passes by and they jump on it. This is like an X-Files episode, see the one, remember the X-Files episode when they go back to like, it's like the Nazi boat, remember that one? Remember and it's got like, Mulder's investigating the boat, but um, everyone's on the boat from the X-Files, but they're in different guises, like, um, bail, like Mitch Pelleggi's like a, a Nazi officer, mm. you've got Scully's like a sort of damsel in distress type thing, looking, and all that kind of stuff, and, oh no, it's, well, I, I see another cigarette smoking man, cigarette smoking man's also a Nazi as well, and so it's actually really good, so, sorry, I, 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 I moved on, um, yeah. So yes, they, go, they, they kind of jump on this cruise that it's passed, and it turns out it's deserted, right. um, and then people start getting killed, Okay. Um, and then it just kind of, that, that this is the first 20 minutes of the film um, and then off it goes and it just kind of really opens up and starts messing with your head and by the end of it you, you, you're thinking you know, you need to think about this film um, you know, and, and there's so many conclusions Are we getting into sort of annihilation type territory where it's sort of your, your ending is sort of like almost you're sort of thrown with it like you don't understand the ending almost to the point or does it I make sense? I understand it but you can apply so many different ideas to, to it. Right, okay. Like, okay so it means this it means that it could mean this I mean, watch it. I didn't realise that, that it was a kind of time travel that had quite a sci-fi element to it. Right. And I was just blown away by the end of it. You know, I was like, pop up. You know, that way you, just, you know you've watched something 
really good and you just feel sad. I think it's think sort of similar it? It's sort of Apparently no, no, I was, I was kind of reading up on it now and doing a bit, yeah, and it was quite a kind of subdued, it just kind of, you know, crept out there and the people that have managed to kind of latch on to it. I like that you don't again, you got a, like a film that misses the cinema, yeah, but it becomes hidden gem. Hidden gem that actually really works. This yeah. is, um, so I would highly, highly recommend it. I think you'll get a lot of it. I think I will, you'll really well, I'm, enjoy I'm it. a fan, you know, I'm a fan of sci fi, and apparently, I'm a particular fan of time travel sci fi. Yeah, like, I really yeah. enjoy time travel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll definitely look it out now. Is it on Netflix, you saw? It's on. Yeah, it's actually yeah, Netflix, it's yeah. on Netflix, so it's there, so I highly, highly recommend it. And, and Melissa George was outstanding, she was really, really good. Nice one. Hemsworth, um, Hemsworth, they're all he, handsome. He's just, just handsome. Um, th- th- there's another, I'm sure there's another Hemsworth who's not as handsome, but he's like still vastly superior to any of us. He, he's like a god amongst men, yeah, yeah. still. You know, or he's like a demigod, still yeah. a god. I think one of my cousins in Australia actually dated one of the Hemsworths. Is it one Luke? Possibly one of them, but she, I'm sure she had a thing or something to do with one of the Hemsworth brothers at one point. They're all from Perth. Yeah. Like they're down out that way, and I'm sure. She, and she went to school from, and I'm sure she had some sort of thing with them. She let him go. I don't think he was the Hemsworth you know at the time. I think, and it, and it wasn't the main Hemsworth; it was one of the other Hemsworths. Yeah, I, I think they're a good sort of farming family. They all just sort of like just procreate. <laughs> like, my my sister done something similar. She um she's married now, so sorry, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but she used to date um, Billy Boyd. I remember because I saw Billy Boyd, I think one of the first times I met you was when I was because I saw Billy Boyd and you got all angry at me because you didn't like Billy Boyd because yeah. you dumped your sister. Yeah, no, she dumped him. She <laughs> dumped him, um, okay. Apparently she just said he was a, a wee toe rag piece of this. But yeah, she, she was dating Billy Boyd and after he kind of became a hobbit and stuff like that, you were just like, you're a dick. You know? Yeah, you could, you could have been living hobbit life. You could have hobbit money. Yeah, totally. You know, hobbit money is big money. You driving big cars and stuff. Yeah. Although he's not the most successful hobbit, um, it must be said, but I'm sure he's still got... I'm sure he's still, got, I'm sure he's still rigging in, in from... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's rigged a wee bit of cash in, yeah. Yes, my sister dated a hobbit and dumped him. So there you go. So that's my wee famous story. I think... I think that's kind of all I've watched out with, out with cinema. Nice one. Uh, it's, it's just all this one about yourself, sir. Me, you, I'm, you, I'm, because the weather's nice, I always stay indoors because, yeah. you know, I can't go outside because I'm, I'm too big to go outside. Um, so I finished all the TV shows, The Flash, The Arrow, well, The Arrow, Flash, Arrow, The Blacklist and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I finished all them. Mm-hmm. All of them give solid 7 out of 10 to. You know, mm-hmm. Flash season four good, Arrow season six good, Blacklist season five really good, Breakable Kimmy Schmidt again. It's only the first half of season four, the final season, again also very good. Quickly on that note, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it's over this side of the pond, but Cloak and Dagger is dropping tonight, possibly. Was oh, it? Yep. Oh, nice one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll for it. Talk, yeah. we'll um, it I've got a lot of stuff to watch just now, but yeah. So all those four shows, excellent. Really enjoyed them. Good, honest viewing. Not trying. Not trying to be the cleverest shows yeah. of all. Sometimes you know they're trying. You know, they are entertainment. Well, Kimmy Schmidt's maybe try a little bit more clever than actually than it maybe deserves to be. But the Flash, Arrow, the Blacklist, they're not trying to be the smartest show in the world. They're trying it's to be. Books, they're trying to be entertaining, yeah. and they are for forty-five minutes you watch them. They're they're fully entertaining. Which I, I, I've not watched. I mean, I've seen the episodes dotted about, but the, the kind of main thing I get that people say is with the Flash is it is literally a comic book brought to life. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just it's absolutely a comic book. And yeah. in a world right now where we're watching so much, it sounds really, it sounds like I'm damning with faint praise, but there's so many like sort of classy, great TV shows that's now where you feel like, oh my god, this is so immersive, and so I have to focus on it and I have to really sort of get involved in it. See, they have something like the Flash, but it is quite. It's light, it's funny, there is some darkness in there obviously as well. See something like that, it is so it's, it's so relieving to be able to watch that. Just enjoy it. Enjoy I, it for I, what TV is, yeah. yeah it's it's can, yes, and it's, it's really good. Of the 20 odd episodes, I think it's 26 episodes, probably there's three great ones. Three ones you go, meh, which leaves 20 ones you go, yeah, they're good. Enjoyed them. Enjoyed them, yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed Kevin him. Smith done one, didn't he? He done about four, I think, this year. Yeah, yeah, he, done, yeah. he, he started one, so he was in one. Him and, him and Jay were in him one, and Jay yeah. Were in yeah. Playing Jane Silent Bob. I don't, think, I don't think they're legally allowed to say they're Jane Silent Bob, but, but they're playing one was quiet, one was loud, and they're both wearing backwards hats. So, I mean, from take it from that, what you want to take yeah, it from. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, they were both in it. Um, but yeah, really good. You to watch. If you're into them, you'll already be watching them, they're already great. Also, if you've not started watching, I think most of them are now on like, Netflix and stuff like that now, yeah. so they're actually well worth getting into. Yeah. If you're a comic book fan, especially The Flash, The Flash. Digs deep into the Flash is the one that gets everyone in the heart. That, that seems yeah. to be the one that, 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 that the fans bite on. I agree. Well, Supergirl, I think, is maybe slightly my favourite one just now, but right. Flash digs deep into the, the sort of the well of DC. Like, they yeah. have like, stuff like King Shark and stuff like that yeah. in it, you know, and they bring in, they do so much well stuff where they bring in, like, um, the old Flash, you know, the Wesley John mm-hmm. ship, the one yeah. you got from the original the 90s, yeah. I think that was out. Uh-huh. They bring him in as well, you know, and they bring in other characters from, like, other 
you know, flash shows that you go, that's really well done. I'm sure they had. Um, We've well, got Elon Gated Man. He's he's, he's in it now, yeah. Just now, isn't he? They had, yeah, they had yeah. Mark Hamill in it at one point yeah, playing the toy yeah. maker, toy yeah, master. Yeah, yeah, they had him in it as well. From the he was reprised his role from the nineties mm-hmm. one as well. Yeah. And it almost, it almost does it doesn't ignore the nineties one. Actually, said the nineties one kind of did happen. We're just sort of this is the way we're going for it now. So it's actually it's really good, really yeah. worth watching. Um, other things I've watched on Netflix recently. I watched Evil Genius. I think Barry was talking about the the four part. Oh, yeah, the call. The call and yeah. yeah. Um, I realised I knew a lot of the story already because um, I listened to a thousand podcasts and it's always one of the ones that kind of pops up as one of these amazing stories um, but still a really decent documentary it probably could have been a two part or a two hour movie said the same as rather than a, rather a three and a half yeah. hour you know, docu- um, series thing but we watched it in, a, in like a night like, in like six right. o'clock and nine so you, it does fall on it works well it does maybe try and extrapolate a few things out more than they should have done in order to fill that time um, I think maybe a two hour, doc- two hour documentary movie probably have served exactly the same purpose but for reasons you might want to watch it it's produced by Mark and Jay Duplass oh so they're involved in it yeah right. as they try and very slowly take over Hollywood do you know what they're, they're doing it they're doing um, well yeah they are both of them um, there was oh there was something else I watched that you watched as well we'll cover that in a minute we'll cover that in a minute, we'll yeah. In a minute. yeah um, and also watch it's on Netflix it's really worth watching as well um, it's called Making Fun the Story of Funko Right, okay, I've seen a few Twitter feeds on that. Yeah, so it is, it's very sweet. Yeah. It's very, you know, it's very loving. There's no real darkness to it at all. Yeah. You know, everything is painted with a lovely smile. But it is really nice to see these, like, guys who started a, a thing in their, basically, a garage and have turned it into literally a multi-million... It's huge. Massive. You know, I remember when I first seen one and I thought, who the fuck's going to buy that? That's yeah. so stupid. And now I have a complete bookcase full of the damn yeah. things. And some of them are... Now, yeah. yeah, pretty rare. And one day I walked into the one in um, Forbidden Planet, and there's one there, and it's a Kevin Smith one, and I nearly grabbed it off the guy's hand to get it. I'm going, what, the, what is wrong with me? Why do I want this so badly? <laughs> but that's what it does. Um, I didn't know they started out as a company who made the bobbleheads, first of all. That was a sort of big thing they've done yeah, first. Yeah. Um, and then they basically decided to do the, the one with the pop funkos that we all know that apparently really people didn't like at first, but then they suddenly just took off in a, in a big bad way. But it's nice, it's a nice, sweet documentary seeing these four guys doing their business and just focusing on like, like the fans and the fandom of them and you get to see guys who you wouldn't expect to be fans of stuff like you get like a um, there's like a boxer who's like quite a pet like quite a big name boxer I don't know he's, I don't know who he is because I don't know boxing mm-hmm. but he's won titles and he has a whole room like a in his in his like mansion house just dedicated to all the geek pop funko stuff he's an absolute obsessed by it did it do bespoke ones what do you mean by bespoke like, like can can like Maybe not, not plebs like us, but could let Johnny Depp say, make me a fun I am no doubt they would do that, yes. I have absolutely no doubt they would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, and there's a few people here, I'm trying to remember their names now, but there's a lot of, it's, just, it's, it's, a nice doc, it's a nice documentary, not so much, also about them doing it, but also just about fandom in general. Mm. You know, we can all, even if you don't understand, like I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but I understand people who are obsessed by it, because I'm obsessed by other things, and we can all appreciate, we can, we can both appreciate yeah, both fandom, yeah, even if you don't appreciate the actual fandom they actually have, yeah. you can appreciate the passion they have for it, so it's nice to, it's nice to see that as well. Okay. And like I said, very fluffy, very sweet, but a nice wee watch. And our cool. man Kevin Smith turns up in it as well. Is it? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's got his own. Him and Jay have got him. Their own ones, and also yeah. he's. Have um, you got the Jay ones? Or just a, a Kevin. I've only got the Kev. I've not got Kevin. I've not got Silent Bob, but I've got Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith director one. Which I like right. to see him do other director ones. That'd be really cool. If I, like, I want a wee roll of, like on top of my DVDs of like I Smith, think. Spielberg, yeah. maybe Kubrick, Tarantino would have to have one I as well. Sure, they will at some point. At some I point don't that. see them missing. You know, Alice missing Cooper's on as well. You'd like Alice Cooper. Yeah, he's I've on seen, it as well. Yeah, so it's like. No, but he's Cooper's on a documentary as well. Oh, he's on right, and he's on. Flash Gordon. Oh, Sam Jones? Sam Jones is on yeah. it as well. Cool. You've got who's our guy as well that you would know. I'm trying to think who else you would know. Who's a really big titted um, horror girl? Elvira. Elvira, she's yeah, on she's it on as well. well. Yeah. You've got Robert England is in it as well. So you, you've got all these kind of guys. Blue Ferrino's on it as well, you know. So it's like people, yeah. everyone from Geek. Who we shouldn't laugh at. We shouldn't laugh at, we would do. Because Jill, Jill realised the first time we were watching it that he, that he is deaf. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like she went, what do you think of what she went? I just thought it was a speech impediment. I'm like, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. on it as well. Yes, so new drink. I'm on East Coast Pale Ale now. East Coast Pale Ale. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure where it's from. We'll have to find that out and put it on the, the Twitter, who it's from. Okay. But it looks okay. nice. East it looks lovely colour, look at that. Yeah, it is a nice colour. It's got a nice wee head on it. Yes, and it's only like 3.8 as opposed to the 6.8. Two that the first one problem is because that is that's a couple and done and that's so you're not yeah, bringing after good. a few of them you have <laughs> yeah you most definitely have yes um, so yeah move on to the movies we'll see um, quickly before okay. we move on to the movies oh you something else oh no oh, oh Mr. Mm. Colin's going to quickly rewind 
Okay. Something last week that Colin wasn't involved in that Colin should have been involved in. Oh, Han Solo. Oh, fuck yeah, Han Solo. Um, what do you look, think of Han Solo? I'm not going to label the point on it. Um, as a ma- bigger Star Wars fan in both you and Barry, obviously. You are, yes. Um, and we did make that point of yeah. the, the one person who's a huge Star Wars fan was not well, talking was about not, it. Yeah. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I get why people say it's unnecessary, but you know what? As a fan, I, I, I liked seeing you know, why it was called Solo and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my scoring I gave it on IMDb because I'm a geek and I rate yeah. shit, it was 8.5. We gave it seven. Yeah. So we were we were pre- both of think Brian gave it six point five, I gave it seven. Yeah. We're both pretty much saying kind of what you're saying, which is for what it was we enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a decent space heist cowboy movie. Yeah. 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 Um but I almost thought the Star Warsiness of it brought it down. I enjoy that part of you, yeah, You're yeah. a huge fan of Star Wars, yeah. which makes a difference, you enjoy yeah. that part of it. Yeah. Um given if you put them side by side, say you can watch Han Solo or Serenity. I'm going to watch Serenity. Serenity you probably watch Han Solo. Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it, I think that's the problem. This one, and the reason why it's been typically how you probably know yourself, it's been deemed a bit of a flop because yeah. of the yeah. because of the box office. Is that the expectations were that everyone who's a Star Wars fan would go and see it, and also everyone else would go and see it. People like that's not happening. The, yeah, like, no. the, the casual Star Wars fan will go and see the saga. Yeah. They're not going to go and pick up these individual ones, but because they made it for the same budget essentially as yeah. the big ones. Yeah. It's making a flop. If they'd made that film for a hundred million, it'd be a success right now. The same way they've done Marvel's done with like um, Deadpool. Not Deadpool, but you put Marvel gives two hundred fifty million towards Infinity War. They don't give that towards Captain America, or towards Ant Man, or towards you know Doctor Strange. They Mm. maybe give them one hundred twenty because they know there's a finite audience for these films, and they have to make sure they can get you know. Not everyone goes see them, so they have to actually, you know, smart Australian decisions. Lower expectations of what you expect from it, and make the budget apply to that Mm. as well. Uh, also, I think Star Wars has obviously suffered as well from the fact that there was a, well, what, sorry, Han Solo film suffered from the fact that there was some infighting, obviously, with like changing director. Yeah, um, yeah, people that, that does feed back to people, and people go, "I really want to see this now." Yeah. And, um, yeah. But for it was, I like say we both mean Barry both enjoyed it. Just maybe as we're not the biggest Star Wars not fans, it felt a bit flatter to us. Biggest surprise for me was because um, I went in really thinking this. You know, that he's not hardest Ford. He's not hardest Ford, and. By the end of the movie, I was like, he's hands old. Right? He's not hard to support, but he's hands old. I would, have, I would um, equate it to similar to Chris Pine in Star Trek. Yeah. He's not doing a Shatner impression, same yeah. way that Alden Elric, Enric is not mm-hmm. doing a Harrison Ford impression. He's giving his interpretation of the character, yeah. which feels true to that character. Yeah, so, definitely. And I felt that much like oh, with, no. with um, Pine's Kirk. It's like, he's not doing a bad Kirk. He's not He's not doing a, a Shatner Kirk. Yeah. He's, doing a, he's doing a Kirk that feels real. Yeah. Um, and always, you can almost look at Han Solo almost as like sort of like the Star Wars, the Star Trek, that other, dim- you know the way Star Trek is like sort of lives in two dimensions? Yeah, yeah. You almost look at the Han Solo as that one almost, that's yeah. sort of like the secondary like timeline. Yeah. And you can watch it that way. But that, that was, I just wanted that, and one last thing that, that really, really made me angry, fucking, I'm still kind of, I, I didn't sleep too well because okay. of it, um, was somebody put something on Twitter about Spawn. Oh yeah, because yeah, you know how good a man playing Spawn, Dude. Jamie Foxx? Dude. I know, I felt you were upset Honestly, by that. Because I, I had an early night and I, and I was on my pillow nodding off and I read that <laughs> and, and that I, I swear to God I was up for about an hour just fucking fuming, like actual seething anger, like I, I'm horrified. I think it's odd casting because from what Todd McFarlane said about the new one, he's been out, he's working with the um, Blumhouse mm. production, so mm-hmm. it's always going to be quite low budget, that's, when that's why he's held, he, he could have sold it on again for the hundreds of millions yeah, that he can normally yeah. do and get that way, but he decided he wanted to hold on to it and make his own version of it, and it'll probably be maybe a 10, 15 million budget. Yeah. He said in the script that he's wanting it to be a real kind of proper, it's not an origin story. Yeah. It spawns already established in the world. Yeah. So spawns can be in the mask and a very little dialogue, much like he is in the, the okay, comics. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, there's not a lot of dialogue between for Spawn. Spawn is quite a monosyllabic character. He's mm-hmm. quite sort of like, he doesn't really speak that much. Yeah, he grunts and kills. Yeah, and he doesn't take the mask off very often. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox is a guy who likes to see his face on screen and he likes to talk. So yeah. it'd be interesting how they're going to you know, go with that. Yeah, we're going to have a Wolverine Origins level of fuck up with I'm thinking it could, I'm thinking more could be like a more of a Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be that um, kind of level. I'm going to kind of go on record and say that I probably won't see it. Really, I think you will see it. Honestly, I, I really, I think if, I'll go and see Venom. And right, the, just Tom Hardy's in it. You know how much I don't like Tom Hardy, like I won't go and see Venom, I won't go and see this, because Fox is just... He's, he's terrible. Okay. He's, 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 
Right, move on. Move, move on. Move, move, move. <laughs> we'll move on to the films we've seen, the new releases we'll see, uh, we'll talk about now. Um, now, the first new release isn't a cinema release, mm-hmm. it's um, a Netflix release. Which we agreed we would all watch. We'll watch on Netflix. Uh, I think Bayer as well, but yep. he's unfortunately here. But you watched it, I, I watched, watched it. it yep. film called Cargo. Cargo, yeah. Um, directed by Yolanda Ramke and Ben Howling. Yeah. Um, it's a debut feature, but it is based on a shot that they did um, a, a few years ago. A seven-minute shot on yeah, YouTube, so I believe it is. Yeah, so a general idea yeah. about it. Um, so the plot of the film is, it's quite hard, I'm trying not to spoil it, because there is spoiler stuff there. It's essentially, Australia is suffering from, essentially, a zombie infestation, a zombie attack, a zombie infestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Freeman and his wife escape on a riverboat. You don't know how this happened, they're, they're happy yeah. to find them on a riverboat. She gets bitten. Yep. And they've got, they've got a young baby. Yep. He, the, 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 the twist in this with the zombie visor, you've got roughly 48 hours after you're bitten you before you turn, a zombie, yeah. before you become a fully, fully fledged zombie. Yeah. Um, so the two of them set off to try and find safety for the, for the kid. Yeah. On the way, Martin Freeman gets bit as well by, yeah. by her because she dies. Yeah. Um, and then it's basically Martin Freeman alone with a baby and you get basically 48 hours to try and find somewhere safe for the baby. Pretty to much in there, showing out back almost as well. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, on his way, he meets a host of interesting characters, we'll say. Yeah. And it's just that's just that's a story essentially about the film. That's yeah. basic plot. So in the film you get you very small cast. You get Martin Freeman playing the, the main kind of role. Yeah. You've got Susie Porter. He plays his wife. She yeah. plays his wife. Sorry. And um, Anthony Hayes plays sort of I would say the, the, maybe the main non-zombie baddie. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he was a snarling bad guy. Yeah. Yep. And you've got um, Simone Landers, who's it's a debut film. She plays a young Aboriginal girl. She was really, really good. Yeah, yeah really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think of it? I thought it was slow. Yeah, um, it's slow. I thought the, the, the kind of final 10 minutes was the payoff, but it was yes. a journey getting there. Um, right. I, I, there was times I was kind of waiting, I was like, you know, this is boring, this right. is boring, this is boring. Um, I just think the pacing was a bit off. Okay. Um, as I usually do, I'll watch something, I'll kind of look online, probably because we're all narcissistic fuckers and look for people to say what we, say something we do. Say yeah, yeah, you want, you um, don't want, yeah. What I've seen quite a lot was a lot of people saying, you know, watch the first 10 minutes of this, then watch the YouTube movie, and it's a better... Right, okay. I've not seen the shot. Yeah. People seem to think that this seven-minute movie embodies this the film. Like half-two-hour movie yeah. better, better than you know the, the kind of full episode is. So, All right. I just thought it was a wee bit slow at times. Um, Freeman was okay. The film was very good actually. The and he's the guy who said he openly does not like zombie films. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, interesting. The mum was a bit now. Um, the wee girl was outstanding. The bad guy was very generic. He was a guy yeah, you've seen in a hundred different yeah, zombie films. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a guy who's using the situation basically to his own benefit, both sort of like to make money in some way, to make whole yeah. power, and use and basically get power over women a lot of time. I think, yeah, I think what happened to me was all the way through. I was thinking this isn't really that good. I'm not really enjoying it, and then by the end, it kind of it's almost like it creeps up on you. And by, yeah. by the last ten minutes, you're like, that was okay. Okay. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't think I'd watch it again, and it won't stick with me as you know great zombie movie but it's mm. watchable the worst zombie movies yeah definitely um, that I've watched the past month yeah definitely that will kind of take up two years of your time what did you think of I really, enjoyed, I really liked it um, I liked the more personal take on the zombie film like the zombies are almost a secondary aspect of this film I would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. Yeah. you know it could easily just been a virus that killed everybody yeah. it could yeah. easily mean anything else but it's just they have to go with zombies yeah. so they are almost they are a side issue in this whole film they barely play they barely see them yeah there is there's not a lot of undead action yeah. at all um, um, if yeah. anything the idea is that the, the people who are, who are still alive so to speak are the more dangerous aspects because yeah. that really like it's in the first five minutes of the film and they're on the riverboat and they're travelling down and they see the, the family on the on the like Thanks, on the, yeah. and the guy just lifts his shirt up and shows a gun yeah. it's like oh my god like that's what people that's what, that's what side he's got to now just basically you people find the four people you love gather up and, and then yeah. that's it you don't yeah. let anyone on the outside into it yeah. um, so it was, I thought it looked amazing I thought it was really stunning looking yeah some, some of the, the cinematography was really nice um, it is Australia's out but Australia looks amazing on, on film yeah, yeah that's yeah, the thing Australia so. looks great on film mm-hmm. I think especially when you get to the outback and it's like you know these pieces of almost nothingness it's almost, I don't know, I think Australia's almost, that's how I imagine Mars to be. Yeah, it's like Australia, most, you know, yeah, just absolutely. Kind of redness and richness about yeah. it, yeah. Like, I've travelled through the centre of Australia, and it is one of the most like, desolate, but also really beautiful places in the world, but yeah. it, there is a complete isolation, and you know yeah. if something's to happen where you're, probably you can't get somewhere, you're you are fucked, because it's just, right, there's exactly. nothingness. If you love that car, you're fun, dead. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah. It's just like, literally, we were in a town where there's, yeah, about 750 miles in either direction from the next nearest outpost. <laughs> Which is like, that's 
Which is almost like the end for fucking Scotland. Ah, essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Scotland yeah. either side away from anywhere else yeah, in the world. You know, it's like it's absolutely insane. Like a wee tiny bit of Australia. Yeah, that's it's yeah, it's nuts. Um, I thought the performance were all excellent. I really liked um, Freeman. I thought he was really kind of quite a heart wrenching performance. You see him like struggling with this sort of like he's not struggling with a zombie. He's not struggling with being like a, a father in mourning and a father worrying for like the, the upbringing of his daughter. Always yeah. basically like about 20, 48 hours because mm-hmm. he knows he won't. Live to, uh, to be that guy. Yeah, I did have a slight issue with the fact that he would look for any single white person to take the kid before he would entrust the indigenous, the indigenous people. Aboriginal people yeah. to, to, the, to, to the, the child, which I thought, and they always seem better equipped for everything they see. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think that's just in terms of thinking, like, you know, where's the hospital? Where's civilization? Possibly, where, possibly. I yeah. think the film kind of narrates that. The Aborigines had, you know, they'd done the opposite. They went out and started hunting down the fuckers and killing them. Yeah, yeah. So they've kind of went the opposite. They've almost went not feral, but you know, they, they kind of they went back to the old ways. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he's, you know, he's a westernised kind of white dude. He's just he's still holding on to like some old society. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. No, I mean, it, it, it's just a little, it's just a little arc I had with yeah. him. Like, like, why would you, why would you like go looking for, like. He goes, if he meets one person and that doesn't work out, and then yeah. rallying the young girl who's saying she can find help from him, he, he basically dismisses that yeah. and goes to see these other people who are clearly, he doesn't know anything about them, all he knows about them is they're white yeah. and they have a camper van, and that's all he knows about them. And, and it's it like, turns out one's a fucking region cycle. Yeah, exactly. So that's, and that's the thing. So he's like, why would you trust, why would you be going to give it a complete stream when you've spent time with this girl who possibly could help you out? Yeah, um, I think, it, did, did it in power? The Aboriginals? Did, did I think it, it does. I mean, ultimately, did back to my identity? Was it trying to? I mean, was, that, d- was I, that a side message? I have no idea because I, 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 don't, yeah. I, I would not want to sort of like even approach that because of yeah. the, the Aboriginal issue in Australia. But they ultimately the heroes of the film because they yeah, are the ones who sort of exactly. are, they are the best equipped to deal with this. They seem they they, they seem to be like sort of more in tune with what the fuck they have to do mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to everybody else who's still trying, hoping that life will return to normal in some yeah. way. Which they obviously they've realised like no, nope, this is a new it's a new world order, it's a new society. Yeah. But I really do think the last ten minutes is what made it a better movie than I thought it was going to be. Um I'd, prob- point, I'd yeah. probably give it a kind of five and a half, six out of ten. Right. Um up until the last ten minutes it would be an average three, four star movie. I'm strong on it, I give it seven and a half. Yeah. I actually quite I really enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed it. Um yep. but yeah, I give it seven and a half. So we've seen both worth a watch. I like the same. I, I can see why it's a Netflix release, but I think yeah. it, I think it would have looked. I think it would have probably been buried. The big screen probably not been seen by many people definitely, on Netflix. It's, um, it's going to get a better audience. Smart move doing that. That, that was actually clever. Yeah. And again, it's just kind of all, all these Netflix releases. It's just adding credibility, and they'll get better and better and better. Um, I mean, we're already starting to see the wee kind of you know the, the wee kind of shines of sunshine like um, Okja stuff like that. Okja. So yeah. they are the ones there. Netflix that are just amazing. If they make eighty, if they, if I want to make eighty films in a year, there's a good chance one of them might be good. Or yeah. Yeah. even if five percent are great, you know. But I think it's becoming the Netflix name is something that, that kind of you know big actors all lend their names to it. I think actors as well are as much as they say that like the work is the work, but also paychecks are paychecks. Yeah. You know, and if the script's decent, you might go. You know what? I don't care if it's on Netflix. If they're going to they pay me to do a good script, they'll do it. Yeah. You know, so they will do it. Yeah. The idea of it being released in the cinema is almost a secondary option to them. Yeah, that's good. What I think I'm going to do maybe tonight actually is, is I'm going to watch the the seven minute short on YouTube. Yes, I'm going to um, watch it. Well. I want to give it a cover because I mean, there was a few kind of comments that, that kind of all said the same thing. You know, watch the first ten minutes of the movie, the seven minute thing, and you know, it'll give you a better overall. Sure. That does strike me though of the guys who sort of like who love punk bands when they're like sort of like playing like a room of five people. As soon as you play to a room of like twenty people, they're like, "Oh, you're sold out." The seven-minute short seems like they're like, "Oh, it's so raw and I original." Know, but there was a lot in the film that did seem a bit laborious. That you know, trim that away and. I'll give it a wee watch. It was pretty tight. It was pretty tight. It was only an hour and 40, so it was pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably got to turn a little bit out of it. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on from that. Um, another film I saw, right, you've seen this one, is called um, Ismail's Ghosts. Which is a French film. French movie. Starring um, everyone's favourite French actress. Marianne Cotillard. Yeah, it's the one. Um, <laughs> it's directed by a gentleman called Arnaud Despolition, who is apparently very famous in France. I don't know who he is, unfortunately. Um, my knowledge of French cinema is unfortunately limited. Um, I know a few things. He's done a film called Kings and Queen and A Christmas Tale. Um, but yeah, so that's what he's, that's, that's who he is. Yeah. Um, you've got a guy called Matthew 
and he's Armatric, who is in Munich in the Grand Budapest Hotel. You recognise him from from those two things. Mm-hmm. And you've got Marianne Cotillard, obviously from you know Dark Knight Rises and many other things. She uh, turns her hand to many talents, that lady, doesn't she? She, 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 she seems to be a darling just now. She on Netflix, two days and one night, watch her that, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you also get Charlotte Gainsborough right, okay. uh, from 21 Gram to Snowman, the Infomaniac, yeah. who I thought was English, but actually she's her dad's French, so she can't handle the language. She's fluent, I take it. Then. Fluent, yeah, 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 I didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, oh my god, she's learned the language for that film. I was like, no, she apparently can speak French. So, the the plot of this film is that. Marion Cotillard and Matthew are married. Um, she basically, this is young, like, you know, about 18, 19, and she legs it, just runs away. Okay. And it's set 20 years, and you sort of seen him, 20 years later, basically, she turns up out of the blue. He's a film director, so he's done well for himself, and it's the same sort of, like, sort of, not rekindling relationship, but sort of dealing with the fact that she's now back on the scene. At the same time, he's dating another woman, and it's like her trying to deal with it as well. You've also got, the, the Marion Cotillard's father trying to deal with this because he basically her disobedience has broken him as a man. Right. Um, and it just sort of, it's, it's almost like four individual character studies of how this action by a person like sort of develops through it. And you right. does it go off to story arcs? No, it's all, it's all in the one kind of arc. It's all contained, a lot, right, there's a lot right. of flashbacks in it as well. You know, mm-hmm. and that's one of my big concerns. About it, that I did something I didn't know what, what time frame I was in at the point. I was like, well, I don't know. Am I am I two years ago? Am I twenty years ago? Am I, am I now? Um, it is insanely French. Right. Like it is. Like it is. It is one beret and a ring of and a and a string of onions have been from the most French thing ever. So they don't have action scenes. They have fuck scenes in France. You know that's that's what they do. Um, so it's it a, a lot of lingering camera loops. A lot of lingering. A lot of stuff in which going. I'm going. A lot of pondering. Pondering in it as well. A lot of stuff I'm going. Is it like the, the subtitles not translate that right? Because I don't really get what he's why he's angry. Why is he so mad? Um, all the, all the actors are very good, they're all good actor, actor and actresses. Um, particularly Marion Cotillard is excellent and does get fully nude, which was exciting to me, because I love Marion Cotillard. How do you feel, like, now watch Chinese cinema and stuff like that, like, they're acting, right? But... Do you struggle because you don't know if they're good or bad because yeah, of it? because, you know, you're watching, you, you, you don't know, you know, is that a good Delivery, uh, yeah. I don't really... I do struggle with that as well, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure of if it's a good... Sometimes, there's an actor in this who I can blatantly see is... is Overacting to the extreme, to the point of going like you're not a good actor, or right. your your choice in this role is is, is not one that should maybe have a take to. Yeah. So I can see really, I can see really like sort of not poor as well. I hate using the word poor acting, but bad acting to an extent. You know, you're going like oh, but or should we call it exquisite? Acting? Exquisite acting is what you do the Hollywood <laughs> Babylon term, yeah. But you're you're right. Like if it's just someone talking, I'm going. I don't know if you're doing this yeah, well or not. Yes. I, I don't understand. I, I can't understand the nuance of your language. Obviously, you're trying to say this, like, okay, you love her, you've got quite doughy eyes, you seem, you seem like you do love her, I don't really, I'm not really I think sure. even more so with like kind of Chinese judges, because they're quite animated as well, so oh. you're like, is it meant to be that, that frantic rant? I don't know. I don't really know, yeah. Um, the other thing about this one is it's, it's got a kind of thing where it sort of, it tells a story, but also in, within that it's telling a fake story. So it's a bit like, um, have you ever seen the film Adaptation? No. It's sort of like that, where it's like a, a story within a story about a movie being made. Okay. So again, again, because it's a different language and because you're not really sure what time frame you're in, it does get quite common. I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of confused right now. Who's telling the story? I yes, that kind of thing. You've also got the the, the main narrator of the film, who's, a, who's a, the, the main actor. He blatantly tells a, a lie at points in the film. No. Which you find out very quickly after he is lying, so it becomes a whole story of you're watching the film with the unreliable narrator. So you're kind of not trusting anything that's said because you know he's going you know, to twist it in his own like direction. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sounds yeah. interesting. It is interesting. It's a good to put on it. Like did, um, did Jill watch it with you? She, oh, she saw the opening titles, Slept and fell asleep, and, <laughs> 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 uh, and woke up literally in the last four minutes of the film. I think Jill's seen a better movie than you. She was an interest. I mean, I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. I do like some French films. This one is maybe not up there of the best yeah. that I liked. It's enjoyable enough, but 
but it is maybe one for the people who really enjoy French cinema. Is French French cinema? I mean, would you say it's not for everyone? It, it, it's, is it a niche market? Or no, is French it just... in France, French cinema is huge. Yeah, but out uh, with uh, that, yes, I think it's it's not it's, it's not the same way. Maybe it's very much made for its own audience. It's, you know, they're, it's, making a they're making it for France. Yeah. They do, they give zero shits about what right. people in Britain or America or anywhere else think. Mm-hmm. They make it for themselves. Yeah. Um, and maybe I don't know how well done in France, but that's what it was. Um, but yeah, it's, it's if you're a fan of French cinema, you will enjoy it to a degree. It's not the greatest example of it, but it's enjoyable enough. Okay. But as I said, I found it slightly, slightly, slightly confusing, and I felt a little bit dumb watching it at times. Yeah. I think smarter men than me will enjoy it more. But again, how much was lost in translation? Possibly a lot lost in yeah. translation. Absolutely, yeah. Out of ten, so what would you give it? Uh, I think I give it six. In French, what would that be? Six. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I didn't go for four, <laughs> trying to remember. <laughs> um, yes, that's that one. Um, but when we go into the big release of the week. The big release of the week. Big release of the week. It's pretty much stopped anything else from being released for the fucking week. Well, not just this one, there's a few other things out as well that's, Sorry, that's yeah. stopped everything getting released. But yeah, this is sort of like the, the, the fourth straw that broke the camel's back I of like. So, yeah, some of the blockbusters are, yeah. are well and truly upon us, folks. Yeah. So the film is called Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It is the fifth instalment the fifth in the Jurassic yeah. franchise. Yeah. Um, written by J.A. Bayona. Do you know what he did? I have no idea what he did. He did a film called The Orphanage. No. Um, the Impossible. Mm, I've, I know of it, I've not seen it. Um, a Monster Calls. Yes. Done that one as well. Yeah. Um, the plot of this film centres around the Island Nublar from the first movie and from Jurassic World, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a volcano on that, it's about to explode, so Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt have to go back to the island to rescue some dinosaurs. When they really find out, the people who arrest them have less than noble intentions yes. and are using the dinosaurs um, essentially to auction them off and use them for some sort of genetic experiment. Yeah. That's a basic film. In a fucking nutshell, you probably it. made it sound a lot better than it actually is. Oh, sure. You should have wrote the script for the film, possibly. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to be more positive on this film, okay? So well, you've got you go you've got Chris Pratt, you've got Bryce Dallas Howard reprising roles, um, you've got Ted Levine in it, I've, I've quite enjoyed. He's not tucking it back at any point, no. Um, it's a role that, see if this been made before Guardians, that would be Michael Rooker playing that role. Possibly. Yeah, that's, Possibly. That, that's a Michael Rooker role he's playing. Well, you know, he went through Nicholas Rafferty Cage. He did at some he, point, yeah. He did yeah. not hold back. Anything. You've got Rafi Spall or Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall, yep. Spall. You've got James Cromwell in it as well. Yep. Um, and Jeff Goldblum pumped up as well. And Toby Jones. Toby Jones in it as well, Toby yeah, I forgot about him, yeah. In a very Trumpian wig. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> very Trumpian. Um, <laughs> I, I, I saw this on midnight screening, so I saw it late at night. It was like, not a great audience, in, unfortunately, about 50 people in it, which I thought was surprising. I thought it would be a bigger audience. But yeah. personally, I found it really enjoyable. I, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Mm-hmm. It felt very much like a Jurassic Park movie. Could have had dinosaurs in it. Um, <laughs> but also, which I liked about it, is it didn't just focus on let's get people, people on the island for some fucking unknown reason, let's get them off the island. You know, it, it, it had that at the start in the first maybe 40 minutes. Half an hour even, yeah. Yeah. After that, they're off the island and it sort of all takes place. It kind of gets, it, after the big volcano eruption, which you've seen in the trailer, it gets quite small. It's all contained in a one sort of big house single location yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. all in the one house which I, yeah. I liked it it reminded me a bit about James Bond see the casino not casino royale yeah, yeah casino royale skyfall skyfall yeah. but it went big at the beginning and then sort of eventually moved down to essentially to, oh, basically yeah. to, to home alone essentially <laughs> went into um, what I liked about it was I thought it was less nostalgic than Jurassic World Jurassic World much like Force Awakens with the Star Wars franchise a lot of that film was based on let's be nostalgic towards what you know in the past let's have as many references to the fact that this is Jurassic Park film as possible, have the tune going as often as possible. Oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this? Do you remember this from the film? And it's sort of very heavy on nostalgia. This one, it had, there is definitely echoes of the originals. So there's, there's a couple of set pieces that follow kind of similar yeah, ideas. Yeah. Um, with a few some sound cues that are the same as the, the original film. Mm-hmm. But it is less heavy on the, let's just show you everything from Jurassic World, Jurassic Park that you loved. Let's try and move on and story on a little bit. And I like that about it. Um, I thought the cast were all pretty good. I thought a bit more better rounded, less rough edges. Like Chris Pratt character wasn't quite as a dick as he was in the first one, but he was a bit of an arsehole. Bryce Dallas Howard had some level of character development. She became a person as opposed to just sort of a corporate stooge. Um, the rest of the cast didn't really get much to do, unfortunately. Raph Ball is basically your, your normal grinning bad guy. He's sort of like, same with um, Toby Jones, essentially. He's sort of like, yeah. 
that kind of thing. They're not doing much with it. BD Wong might be the worst act in the world. Honestly, do, do not. Do BD not. Wong is horrific, and, I, and I, it's insane. They put him in the, the Jurassic World just to try and go, look, we've got someone from the previous films in this film. Let's be cool. But unfortunately, they've sent a whole fucking plot around him. So you have to keep bringing him back. I liked it. I do admit that a lot of the minor characters, like the lesser characters, didn't have much to do in it, so it's a bit of a shame. Um, there are insane plot holes, like massive plot holes. Like lava doesn't apparently fucking burn you anymore. No, dialogue is pretty heavy, it's, there's, not, there's some awful dialogue in it, I'm not denying that, there is some awfulness in it. Um, but overall, I enjoyed the, enjoy the shit of it, and I think it'll leave a good bit of attention for the next one. Colin, what do you think of it? Um, Fundamentally disagree with pretty much everything you said. Aww, um, I thought it was fucking awful. Um, mm. I, I, I love Jurassic Park. I love the Lost World. I even like Jurassic Park three. I like. Um, I, I watched all four of them in the last like couple of days. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I love all the films. I, I skipped into the cinema and I was like, "Here we go!" I was so fucking excited. Um, dragged Lorraine all, and I was like, "Wasn't to see this?" And I was all skippy and happy, like a fucking wee puppy going to see it, and my heart was broken. Seriously, like, what you don't like about it? What was so bad about it? just fucking... Right. Chris Pratt looked fucking bored. Dallas Price Howard is really, really bad at acting. No, she's not. She's, she's lovely. Toby and Rafe, why the fuck do you get two quintessential English actors and give them the worst American accent that, you can? That struck me as odd. Why? Because James Cromwell speaks English. Like, um, like British accent. Yeah. So. Yeah, that struck me as odd. I don't know what movie he was acting in, but it was the fucking Cromwell. He was just doing. I don't know what movie he was in, but it was not in this fucking movie. It's a major plot hole, yes, I did. As I say, just stupid things like Lava doesn't run, Little Girl runs and hides under her fucking bed sheets. Do you know what I mean? Just. She's a little girl, that's what little girls do, they hide under the bed sheets. Chris Pratt jumps in the bed, why can't they fucking hide? Come on! There was a bit of weirdness with that one, yes, I agree. It's just so fucking stupid, and what what really, really got me was um, the first Jurassic Park, like, you almost believed dinosaurs were real. It was like, fuck me, you know, there's a dinosaur in Spain. And I've always, I've said in this podcast many a time that every dinosaur film, nothing holds true to Jurassic Park. They just no, it doesn't. Get it. And I've said, watching it recently, I can agree with that. Like, the, the Rex attack in Jurassic Park is still one of the greatest e- things. Even in all of it, even in Jurassic Park 3, the dinosaurs are still the stars. Ah, yeah. they're still the stars, yeah, sorry, yeah. In this one, I felt like I was watching puppets and CGI. I didn't feel like I was... Did you not like the fact in this one, though, that there was genuine, like, I'm assuming Stan Winston studio was doing them? Mm-hmm. There was actual physical puppetry work, as opposed to the, the no, Jurassic World, but it was it all did, CGI. It, it, felt, it all felt, you know, special effects. I, I, I didn't believe, that, you know, these are dinosaurs that I know love Jurassic Park. I just felt like so the disem- no, disembodied from it all. Seriously? I just felt, you know, that like I'm watching fucking CGI, and that was horrible. Aww. I didn't feel that at all. I generally um, it got me. Yeah. I thought the dialogue would both agree with the script is not strong, I do agree, yeah, the script is not as strong as element. There is major plot yes. You know, a, little, a bit when, without spoilers, Chris Pratt's, um, shall we say, making his way away from the lava. I'm like, lava doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't, no. Come on. No. Let's just, okay, I get, you know, it's a fucking action movie, but, you know, let's you know, fucking ground it a wee bit. Um, I'm hot, I'm sad. Saddened by it? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know, it just, it just didn't feel like... It, it felt, it's, it's almost like they've went Transformers with it and it's just... Oh, no, 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 I refuse to accept horrible, that. horrible film. I did not like any part of it and I'm... Don't make another one, please. It's no, I'm not having you to compare this to the Transformers franchise. Transformers franchise is bloated and ridiculous beyond belief. This... No, this is like how you said. They mentioned this, the fact this film goes smaller. It goes small towards the end, it doesn't try and go bigger. It doesn't make it a better movie for it. It's no, but you're, it, 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 it negates your Transformers reference. Your Transformers just goes bigger as fuck as it can. The one thing I enjoyed out of this film movie um, was the Wananasaurus. For those of you who don't know what the Wananasaurus is, it's a little head bumping bastard. Yes. That was, that was the funny. The only part of that film I enjoyed was the Wananasaurus. Other than that, I just. I, I really, I, like I say, I wanted to like it, um, and I came out feeling really sad and hurt and let down. And I know it's not Spielberg, but Steven Spielberg, he fucking hurt me. I actually thought it was some real Spielberg magic in it. Like, felt yeah. like the bit where, like on the dot looking at the, the, the uh, Brachiosaurus, like that was fucking that heartbreaking. Was that was lovely. That was a really beautiful no moment. I, had me, that ro- I rolled a tear at that point. I rolled my eyes at that point. No, I rolled a tear. <laughs> You're just cynical. I have, I have a heart full of whimsy. You have a heart full of stones, sir. I, I don't. Um, it just. 
Jurassic Park. I think you sound like when you're saying this, you sound like the one who who watched the Jedi film, um, the Last Jedi, and wondered it wasn't a Star Wars film. But I because loved that and yeah, no, but I'm saying, but you admit there's a Malaz project who didn't because it, it was different from what they used to. Or different enough. There's all lots of it's the same, but it's just there's so much. It's not what they wanted exactly, and that makes them hate it. This film is the same. It's a Jurassic Park film. It's a Jurassic Park guys. There is stuff on the end to begin with, so you do get your normal Jurassic Park stuff. But then they do try and move the story on, and people will dislike it because it's not what they've always had for four films. You've had four films on an island. People get chased on an island. In order to make this franchise survive, anyway. You have to at least sort of develop it in some way. Could they have just left the franchise where it was with the last time and done it? No, but they made a billion dollars, you have to bring another one out. That's the problem, is they, they feel like they have to. They have to, and they should have. They, looks and they, looks and never, start getting they were this. never not going to make another film. Yeah, which, and it, and they're going to make another one, which yeah. is going to be even fucking I mean, worse. But Han Solo has not made his money back and it's looking pretty shit. They're still fucking going full balls ahead with Boba Fett for no yeah. reason. Boba Fett will do it, he's good. Boba Fett's a shit character. He's one of the shittest characters in the entire Star Wars universe. He's mysterious. He's not mysterious. He's a shit. He's a, he's a <laughs> shit. The only person excited about Boba Fett sequel or, or is the guy who played him in the first film, the the, the, the Maori guy. Is he back again? No, he's not oh. coming back for a fucking franchise. I think he should. Yeah. What, what I do think about this film is, um, and it's really weird because obviously the point of Jurassic Park is like, you know, the effects are always wildly blow you away. I think it will look much much better on the small screen because I think the big screen kind of really showed how how kind of piss poor the effects were compared to the other ones. Yeah, again, I, I, again, maybe because I'm I'm a, I, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. But dude, so massive, and point, I was um, willing to give that, and I didn't really notice anything that made me go, "That's looks fake. That looks unrealistic." I honestly felt like you know it was like almost you know Chris Pratt. Two panes of glass, a dinosaur makes pain type so No, it wasn't like that. The only thing that's annoying me about this, the new series is that the raptors are now heroes. And because... Dude, they fucking made the raptor, that bit with the raptor, and they're all... You know what bit I mean? With the eyes and the... Yeah. That bit... Jesus yeah, fucking Christ. But no, but then... I was sick in my mouth. The raptor, um, the raptor calls you, there's a spit in the air and it does a growl. That haunted my nightmares from about age eight till about fifteen, and now they're not. They're like heroes. But they've even changed how the raptors sound and act as well. Now I just honestly, I wanted to love it so much. I'm a massive fan of the franchise, and I'm just, I, I, I feel cheated. That's a real shame. So what do you give it a ten? Out of ten, I would give it a four. A four? Oh, that's harsh. Um, and that's only because of the bumpy head. Okay, I'm going to give it a double that. I'm going to go for eight out of ten. Yeah, I generally really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the show. I thought you would have because I know I know how you feel. About it. Um, and it's all because we're going to go into a little minute. But of the films that are out next week, which there is nothing out next week. Yeah. So your options next week: you can go and see Deadpool two, Infinity War, and Hansel or Jurassic World again. Pretty much. <laughs> I will go and see Jurassic World over any of them. Really? Yeah, absolutely. That's one I'm going to go see again. Well, we're going to play that game. I'm going to go and see Solo again. I enjoyed Solo more than Deadpool. Fair enough. Did you? Yeah. Did you really enjoy it? Did you really enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, we get those four films out, but also if you want to go and see anything else, you've also got The Book Club is still out, if you want to go and see that, and you've also got Show Dogs is still out as well. No, I don't want to see Show Dogs ever. Ever, ever, ever? Ever, never, ever. At any point in my life, I don't want to see it. Um, well, I tell the nice folks at home where Please they can find us. Please tell me where to find us, I'll try and find money for my good lady to buy a drink for myself. You can find us at all the usual haunts, so it's uh, number three beers in a movie um, at gmail.com on Facebook on Instagram and uh, on Twitter so let us know did you agree with Richard did you agree with Colin did you agree with Andy do you care <laughs> tell us what you think uh, of the, the, the films we're talking about um, give us some comments likes stuff like that um, and I've been Colin you've been Richard we've been